This is Comic Picks by The Glick. And I'm your host, Jason Glick. How you doing, Jason Glick? I'm doing good, John. And as we're recording this right now, we are just like itching with anticipation for heading out to Fonda later this week. Yes, Fonda Con up in San Jose. Uh, one of the last honest cons. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, we, say, we say that like a joke, but it's honestly, really, but it's honestly the best. I mean, like we say, like last honest cons. I think last honest pizza, like round table, and you know, round table is is the best, really. Yes, exactly, indeed. So, what do you have on tonight's agenda? Okay, well, as promised last week, I am talking about um, Eric Powell's um, creator-owned series, The Goon, which has been running at Dark Horse for well over a decade now. And um, if you've been reading my reviews on the site for a while, you'll notice that I've, you know, kind of been um, up and down on the series um, recently. I mean, it's like, on one hand, it's like the, I feel the early stuff is just like great um, inspired horror comedy. And yet the last couple of volumes, well, let's just say it's, it's um, gone and gone and employed a, a more uh, dramatic shift like that has overwhelmed the comedy to my to my, to my detriment, at least. But um, I also want to pick up on something else that I talked about um, at the ver- very end of last of la- last podcast. Um, back in the day when um, it's like, like web comics were like a huge new big thing, there was this one site called WebSnark, run by a guy by, guy by the name of Eric Burns. Guy was very smart, um, and also insightful commentary. I read his stuff re- religiously up until the day that I didn't. Now, but he, but um, for me at least, he, there are two things that he basically gave me that I will all, always keep in mind. One is the Cerebus syndrome. Now, Cerebus is like the long-running um, creator-owned series from Dave Sim, started in the '70s, ran through the early aughts. Um, basically, it, like defined creator-owned stuff for a good long while, and um, it's like it would start off as a um, silly sword sorcery parody of the. Um, the Conan sword and sorcery um, stuff with an aardvark instead of a barbarian. Now, it's like the first 25 issues or so are just like fun, goofy stuff until um, Sim started tackling more positive, um, more socially relevant stuff like politics and religion, gender relations. And oh God, it's like, you know, it's like it was for a while though, it was the best thing ever, but then Sim went off on his. Um, not misogynistic tangents, no siree. When you start talking about how women are like, you know, voids that suck the creativity out of men, that's not misogynistic at all. But that's a completely different argument right there. But the idea is that um, slowly, like, um, it's like Sim took, um, inserted drama into his um, comedy, his comedy series, and became a, um, series became a much better one for that. One that basically like, helped, like helped to find it, to find an era and an, in, and an industry as well. So basically, that's the thing. When when you add drama to comedy and you pull it off, it's like to, to broaden your audience and deepen the work you're doing, that's the Cerebus Syndrome. Now, you may be asking, so well, what happens when you um, start with a comedy and you add drama and you don't um, broaden your audience? What happens when you alienate the fans who liked your series in the first place? Well, that's what um, Burns called the uh, first and ten syndrome. First and ten. Um, well, I don't even remember this series, but it was apparently one of the um, first shows that HBO started that basically involved a, a woman um, running a uh, an NFL team. You know, like sounds like a recipe for hilarity, right? Well, as far as I can tell, or this what I remember from Burns saying is that it ran for a couple seasons, and um, they started, and um, when th- when it did when the uh, comedy approach didn't work out they started making things 
bit more dramatic, and that just um, like sunk the ship even faster. To this date, um, I'm not even sure how many seasons of the series are available on DVD, if any are at all. But um, for him, though, that's the standard for that's the opposite of the service syndrome. When you um, add drama to a comedy, it's like and it just alienates both audiences. The Goon. By um, volume 15, which is the final volume that I'll be buying with this for the series, pretty much winds up in first and tens um, territory. Because, but let me talk about the beginning, which basically is all about you know it's like a like a ni- 1920s 1930s um, milieu, which uh, has like a um, like a big burly guy um, fighting off the undead, like um, on his side of town, and also and taking on like the uh, zombie like the zombie priest at the other end of the town who are, it's like, who's running, you know, he's running his racket of zombies. And it's, it's like, and the series starts off with like great fun. I mean, you got weird, wacky stuff like the, uh, like the talking chainsaw, Mickey, the saw, um, Jimmy, the ball, who's like a midget who grew up with us, with his, um, right arm stuck in a left arm, stuck in a ball in a bowling ball. And just, like, it's just, just giant, huge, muscly thing. It's like, it's like, and that's, and also like the the, bi- the bionic, um, the biog, the bionic garbage man, it's like a giant um, mutant that um, it's meant to replace um, like uh, like um, personal protection and sanitation. So like it's it's weird stuff, and like the series just kept going off on like weird just weird ass stuff, like like homeless people running about, like um, like I'm running off about how is this town is the best thing ever. Smelly Steve and his um his um hand. Who um he just was chewing on one day, it's like, as again the uh, it's like inflate, inflatable chickens, um like um burlesque like um sex starved burlesque girls, um amorous sea hags, skunk um pie loving skunk apes, just great goofy stuff, and also like um goons but goons crazy ass buddy Frankie, who's always going knife to the eye. It's like in the beginning, it was great goofy fun, and um even though like the uh, there was like hints of drama, like in the early days, like you know, like whenever they said no, like hey, hey, this just wasn't bad as Chinatown. Don't talk about Chinatown. So it's like you know, like drama has not been completely alien to the goon, but um, in, in rereading all of this, it's like it's I've I've realized that. I mean, like there were like Powell has um like he's always had drama in the background, but at the same time though, it hasn't been always been hasn't always overwhelmed the uh, the Greek. The, the goofy humor that I liked about it. I mean, yeah, he put it all aside for, for the story of Chinatown, which, you know, was actually was a great, I mean, at the time, like this is volume six in the 15 volumes so far. We figured, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, you want to like stop doing the, the funny stuff for a while. Okay. Hey, this, um, it's like this, this serious stuff. That's, this is a good side story, but then, um, as things go on, it's like, you know, it just keeps, the drama keeps getting more and more present. Especially, I mean, when I looked at my uh, review for Volume Fourteen, um, I realized that um, and I was going off about the, uh, you know, like why the, why aren't there why isn't there about um, the negative portrayal of women in that volume more than anything else? But then I but I'm looking rereading the entire series. I realized, you know, it's like it's just like it's a matter of tone more than anything else, and the women too. It's like to be honest, um, the uh, there, the goon does suffer a dearth of um, positive um, female characters in it. I mean, aside from goon from the goon's aunt Kizzy, the uh, 
the uh, Carnival strong woman who uh, it's like who raised it's like who raised him to be like the upstanding man he is today. It's like and she died before the uh, series started. Um, there aren't really any um upstanding female role um characters like in this it's like in the series. Um, they're either like you know, you know heartbreak heartbreakers or harpies. Um, both literally and figuratively. It's like, or just, you know, it's like, um, femme, femme fatales. So that's, that's, that's what, that's kind of bothersome. But also just the fact that, you know, it's like at the same time, like, you know, like Powell's opinion decided that he wants to pursue this, um, like this dramatic tone for the series, like over, like the, over its comedic roots. Now I, uh, people recall that I picked um, Powell and Tim Weish's, um it's like Big Man Plans is one of the best series I read last year. It was a brutal, bracing read about a uh, like a, about a small person who had been marginalized by society and just felt felt the need to just like take his revenge. It's like it was incredible. It's like nostril clearing in its violence and straightforwardness. But and the reason. And uh, it's not entirely dissimilar from what um, Powell does in the later volumes of The Goon, particularly these last two volumes, Occasion of Revenge and Once Upon a Hard Time. The difference is that it doesn't have, you know, the baggage of The Goon. It, this is not a series that um, started out as a comedy and solely transitioned toward drama. It didn't have that baggage. And so when Powell goes, um, it's like um, full, like, you know, full violent, full dark in the, in, um, Big man plans. It's like you know he's not um, fighting against like the the goofy roots that um, the series had. So with the goon though, it's like I'll always appreciate you know the funny stuff in the beginning. It's like more than the drama that it became. So that's that's kind of like how I feel about the series overall. And um, as for um, volume fifteen specifically, well, okay, it starts off. You know, it's like with with the goon, just you know, completely um, completely a bent on revenge after finding out the girl that he uh, had fallen in love with. Um, it's like had turned out to be like a, turned out to be a harpy, literally, and I was just manipulating him for her for her own ends. Now he's off the deep end. He's looking looking with some hurt on some of the on the bad guys, and even like some of the people who aren't bad guys, like Spider the literal spider who's just kind of like a shit of a of a character um but he'll just like he, like goon just breaks off a couple legs just for um just for like looking at him funny so then you um have him but he's also just like you know kind of holding on just barely holding on to his sanity after um like kid gargantuan the boxer we had um watch the uh it's like the um like the charge from the uh, from the gangster in the previous volume in exchange for um, for the guns to um, fight off the Arab and his other um, it's like guys in the pre- like in the last volume yeah it's continuity I know but um, it's like it's but it's like you know it's like you, have, you figure that like, yeah, after like we're, we've been led to believe that the goon like um, killed Kid Gargantuan for kill for failing in his um, duty to to us like um, protect this guy or that if he succumbed to his own like. You know, feelings for revenge, but um, the goon, like I said, he's like this first issue of um, Once Upon a Hard Time. He says the goon at his lowest point, and just like you know, looking to um, like dish, dish out hurt to anyone, it's like who's who's done him wrong. 
and um it's like and is um it's like and it and it works for and it, on one hand it works for a while it's like i mean like this for like i was expecting like on Powell to go full dark and we're going to get like a um series where like the goon just like makes like all sorts of bad decisions and eventually just you know, winds up dead at the end well that's not what happens like this that's the first issue second issue is the uh, classic illustrated version of um of the island of dr Moreau, which um yo it's like i mean i can see powell's um feelings that he wants to uh, compare like the goons mindset to um that to that of the beasts of um of hg wells um novel but at the same time you get the feeling that you know like powell just that in the middle of this um climactic story powell just felt like you know I want to do I want to do like a classic illustrated thing right here, so it's like it's so that's kind of it's kind of a frustrating diversion that for all that even if it does that like for all of its artistic merit, um, it's like it doesn't like it doesn't quite work in the context of the story. I mean, then then you get the uh, it's like then the next you continue gets get things back on track. We find out the we find out the origin of the uh, skin face. On the zombie priest's hat, um, we get. Um, let's see, let's see. We get the goon um, like getting a uh, final, um, setting up the final confrontation with Longfingers, which happens in all of like a couple pages in the first, it's like in the first vo- in, in the in the final in the final issue, and also the um, Arab getting control of the, uh, it's like of the mutant ghost that the um, zombie priest had um. T- had taken care of in order to observe the um, power of the town's curse. It's like in, it's like in this, it's like in the series, and you know, it's like, like I said, I was I was hoping for a, uh, like I said, a full dark, you know, like the goon uh, succumbs to his worst impulses and then dies horribly. It's like, and then everyone like you know goes on their separate ways afterwards. No, we don't get that. Instead. It's like we get, you know, the power of love um, basically redeems all and saves what saves the worthy and the um, bad guys are dead. And, you know, it's like it's it just doesn't work for me. Like I said, the way like after going after embracing like just utter seriousness for these um, for these past two volumes and then just to, to not follow through with that to um, to offer like, you know, like hope. It's like it just doesn't feel right. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not someone who likes, um, you know, darkness for the sake of darkness. And if you got a good reason for it, then I'll be all. F- then um, I'm all into that. But the goon uh, here, it just kind of feels like Powell just didn't want to um kill his meal ticket, even though it's like the tone he established, um, felt like that's the way he was going. So that's that's really disappointing and. Even in the end, like we get this um, the free comic book story that has the goon Frankie, and um, saying that one werewolf kid um, taking on a, a racist um, southern vampire. You know, it's like it's kind of like it's like he's trying to um, channel some of the comedy of the the um, good old days, but it just doesn't work. I mean, at the end of this, I'm feeling you know, okay, I know how this story is this this arc is going to end. And um, even though Powell sets up a new follow-up series called The Lords of Misery, I'm going to say, no, I'm done. You know, it's like these 15 volumes, 
it was like some of them were really good, were really funny. The Return of Labrazio arc from the Goon Year, where Powell Powell did twelve issues um, monthly, was great in the sense that you know it, it it had a nice balance of drama, but also with absurd comedy as well. But um, with these last couple of volumes, I mean, Powell has just basically shown a complete willingness to disregard the uh, it's like the comedy of the uh, it's like of the early volumes, which is what really made the series for me. So yeah. Basically, my feelings are this. You know, if you want to read The Goon, I guess buy the uh, first four four volumes if you like the comedy stuff. If you want to see, like, at its best, I guess buy up to volume nine, which is the uh, um, La- end of the Labrazio arc. Um, there's some good stuff after that. It doesn't really start um, heading off. I'm um, trailing off until volume, like, 13. But, um... Uh, I don't know. It's like I'm. Like I said, I'm done with it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to follow this um, Lords of Misery stuff. But you know, if Pal does want to do like other creator on stuff, like say like along the lo- along the lines of um, Big Man Plans, and I will be all for that. Um, but otherwise, well, the goon, you know, he's de- he's dead to me now. Like I've got. I got all of all the best stuff, and um, that is the end. John, uh, any thoughts on your end about all this? Hmm. So a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, it's a very mixed bag. Something I was really passionate about when I was reading the uh, like the first when when I was buying the volumes initially as they came out from Dark Horse, especially with the uh, like I said, the first four volumes. Are really unimpeachable. Unimpeachable. Um, volume five is when, like you know, the drama starts to really um, starts to seep in to a noticeable ex- extent. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, some of it is just fantastic. But um, at this point, it's just kind of like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call it a day and say no more because the direction he wants to go, that that Eric Powell wants to go, it's not something I I'm interested in following. Okay. Well, hey, there's a candid review from Mr. Jason Glick, and uh, next time we'll be coming to you from Fanime. Yes, and my friend Steve will be back to talk about series he actually likes because you know I feel after dragging him into um, Future Diary and um, Wounded Man, I owed him the uh, you know chance to talk about stuff that he actually enjoys. Well, this will be a fun-filled episode then that we're going to be recording. So um, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, laters. Bye.